0: Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, I want to talk about failure and uh, why so many people fall into the mode of failure, what it takes to fall into the mode of failure. Um, let's talk about that difference there between that and the people that are successful. And, you know, most people that I talk to do not like to approach life from the back end, they'd rather uh, go out and figure out what what can we do to be positive in life. You know, to me, I'm, I, I see problems in life differently than most people do. I see them as what is keeping you down, not what is out there that you could do. We can all go and do anything we want. I have a saying, you can have whatever you want in life, but you can't have everything. Life is a series of choices. You only have so much time. If you had a lot of time, if you had more time, If you had three or four or five lifetimes, you could probably have everything you want in life. But in life, if you're going to go to the level and extreme of being successful, uh, you're going to have to learn to master some skill sets, whatever they are, whether it's the health skill set, fitness skill set, relationship skill set, financial skill set, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that takes time. It takes the ability to invest yourself into something to become successful. I found that failures don't invest themselves. They skim over the surface of life, tiptoeing through stuff, trying to get to the top without really putting any work in. Zig Ziglar uh, had a book called See You at the Top, and I think one of the theories in the book was there is no elevator to the top of success in life. There's only a stairway, and you're going to have to take the stairs to get there. Whereas everybody's looking for the something-for-nothing, instantaneously, gratificationally diseased idea that will get them there. So I've been thinking about this because I've been binge-watching, and this is one of my favorite things to do. Myself and my fiancé, we binge-watch things. And uh, the current binge-watch is a show called Dexter, which is about a serial killer. Now, this is a strange, strange thing, so I'm just going to paraphrase this up front so you get this. They make you actually like this serial killer. I mean, I have no idea. These guys are such good writers that you actually like this guy. Um, But the reason you like him is because he lives a life filled with rules. He has ethics. And his father, who was a police officer, realized that he had this problem as a youth, that he wanted to kill things. And he had this violent side to him. So he taught them that, okay, you realize you've got this problem but let's make sure it's a problem that doesn't get you in trouble. And the way to do that, he gave a set of rules that you have to follow. And the ethics behind the rules and the theory behind the rules is just phenomenal. This whole show is about what his father taught him over the years about life and how he eventually, as a you know this killer, works his way back in society from being a completely tormented human being to coming back to having friends and falling in love and loving kids, getting married, having babies, and all of it works because all of the stuff that he ever did, he did with ethics, and he followed the rules. And it was very interesting. You don't have to watch the show. I don't want to, you know, be a show killer for you, but uh, the bottom line is that this guy was in a position where. Because his father said, if you don't do this, you'll never get caught. If you don't do this, you'll never get caught. If you always stick to these rules about you don't kill people unless they deserve to be killed, and you've proven that they deserve to be killed, you have backup information and facts to prove it, only go after bad people because nobody's going to care if you kill bad people. Nobody's going to come after you for killing bad people. And he goes on and on about then you got to have this rule and that rule and this rule and that rule. Well, what got me was I, I hit his uh, third season I think it was, and a guy comes along who actually wants to befriend him, and say I want you to teach me to be like you, serial killer. And at first this guy seems like a really nice guy and like a really upstanding citizen that just is upset because the world doesn't isn't fair and he wants to make the world right again. And he thinks that's what Dexter's doing. He's making the world right. But it wasn't that. The guy ended up being a very, very bad man. And Dexter taught him how to do this thing the right way. But the guy wouldn't follow the rules. And so ultimately, because he wouldn't follow the rules, he ends up dead in the show. All of the things that his father taught Dexter came back to haunt this guy because he wouldn't follow the rules. In fact, he scoffed at Dexter's rules which were Dexter's father's rules. And it reminds me of a story um, about the old saying that you can break yourself against rules, but you can't break rules. Rules will break you. In other words, the natural laws of our world, our worldly existence, our society's existence, are such that if you try to break yourself against these, if you try to say, I'm going to will my way through that brick wall, you're just going to break a lot of bones. You're not going to will your way through that wall. It just isn't going to happen. It reminds me of this story that I used to tell 20, 25 years ago, and I haven't told in a long time. But there was this captain that was on this destroyer, the USS whatever, John Hamilton will make up a name, and it was a foggy night one night, and the captain was standing on the bridge, and he saw this light out in front of the ship. And he goes, signal man, signal that ship to move aside. And so the guy signaled him, turn left. And actually, there's some <laughs> ship talk like, go to the, you know, turn to, the, to the, the bow or whatever. I don't know the names of that stuff, but, you know, turn left. And the light in front of the captain, signaled back, no, you, turn right. And uh, the captain was upset by this. He goes, signal again, turn left. And uh, the light came back, no, you, turn right. So you let him know who we are. So the signalman says, this is the USS, you know, John Bripley, whatever the name of the ship was. You need to turn left, or we're going to blow you out of the water. And the light came back and says, you may be the USS whatever, but I'm the White House. And if you don't turn right, you're going to crash into land. And there it is, the arrogance of the captain. That's what takes people down, folks. It's their arrogance to believe that they can break the rules of life and still win. And so the something-for-nothing instantaneously, gratificationally diseased people make up these lies to themselves and self-help people out there that are just as much scumbags as they are saying things like, you can fail your way to success. But you're not failing your way to success. You're failing, right? There's no such thing as failure way to success. Every time you fail, you lose stuff. You lose time, you lose energy, you lose resources. That's not failing your way to success. Now let me counter that, because those of you know me know for years I've argued about that stupid against that stupid idea. Let me share with you my idea. When I finally decided to move from powerlifting and Olympic lifting to bodybuilding, It was a completely different sport. Olympic lifting was speed and strength. Powerlifting was power and strength. And neither one of those two did it really matter what kind of shape your body was in. It was just about training for strength. When I went to bodybuilding, strength had nothing to do with it. It had to do with muscle mass and body fat percentage and having a symmetrical body, which You don't when you're an Olympic lifter or a power lifter. So I had to completely change everything I did. And so I went and I watched and I studied other people, found people to mentor me in bodybuilding. Although I didn't have a formal mentor, I had the ability to be around these people, to read everything about them, to copy everything I could copy about them. And when I went to my very first contest, I took second place. Now, you could say that was failure. In my mind, that was massive success. Because if there's 100 people in that contest and I take second, that's massive success. That's not failing your way to success. That's succeeding your way to success. Yet, your super-duper something-for-nothing midnight madness goober is going to tell you that was a failure. And through that failure, you learn to overcome it and win. I say, no, that was a success. And from that success, I saw that with the right preparation, I could get this far, now I need to look at the people that won and find out what I need to add to what I'm already doing, change about what I'm doing, to take me one step closer. And the very next contest I went into, I won, and I won multiple contests after that for years until I got out of the sport. But I'm not telling you that to impress you. I'm telling you that because you need to understand, people out there are telling you it's okay to fail, to slam yourself against the set of rocks of failure, and somehow you're going to come out of that in an okay manner. The answer is they're all lying to you, folks. I don't want you to fail. Rule number one in real estate investing, don't lose money. That's rule number one for a reason. Failure is not an acceptable option. Take a short break, be right back. The Lifestyles Unlimited. Real Estate Investor Radio Show.
1: Lifestyles Unlimited gives you a map to retirement. Lifestyles Discovery is your GPS. Quickly scan the investment landscape, pinpoint the best deals, calculate your returns, and take action. Attend the free online class, How to Get the Best Investment Properties, to learn the property evaluation techniques you need to identify the very best deals. Go to gettingthebestdeals.com to sign up today. That's gettingthebestdeals.com. 1370.
0: Welcome back to Lifestyles Unlimited, a Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Today we're talking about failure. What prompts it? What sustains it? Why do you embrace it? Why do you like failure so much? Why do you put failure in your life in the first place? You know, failure is something that they try to tell you that we all have, it happens over and over and over again. But no, failure is not that. Failure is the consistent and repeated lack of your ability to make the right decision. Over and over and over again. That's a failure. Everybody else is just learning, growing, adjusting. Failing, and I don't. that word is just so stupid, failures are people sitting on the curb, broke, People sitting at home living lives of quiet desperation with terrible relationships, fat, out of shape, unhealthy, dying. Those are failures. You're not a failure. You're someone who's listening to this because you want to not be a failure. You're trying to figure out how can you go forward, how can you move forward, right? And so I'm going to give you, read to you two different emails, and I'm going to just sort of walk you through the psychology of different people's approaches to life. From listening to these two emails and we'll talk further about it and we'll get into the details and you know it's the color commentary that goes with the emails more than the emails themselves but the first one I read is it's from Eric it says Lifestyles Unlimited has changed our lives it's the real deal my wife and I have been members for two years and Lifestyles helped with the following number one became partners in two apartment complexes that each have over 250 units number two we have a duplex, we had a duplex for 13 years prior to joining Lifestyles. And through the guidance of our lifestyles, we sold the duplex via 1031 exchange and used the proceeds to buy five single family homes. So they went from a, you know, a two unit to five single family houses. Number three, we had another duplex that we sold. I'm sorry, that was a fourplex, okay. Uh, we then sold, uh, took another duplex that we sold and did another 1031 exchange. Uh, along with the sale of one of the side single family houses and bought a twenty-four unit apartment complex. So look at the growth here. I mean, think about this. Look at that growth. They are just going and going and going, doubling, doubling, doubling again their growth. This would not have been happened without the help of Lifestyles Unlimited staff and fellow investors. People who helped us are Joe Flores, National Mentor, Julian Garland, single family mentor, Casey's Klaus single-family realtor Christine Kyle, and commercial realtor Julie Murphy. Operations consultant, Doug, or I guess Julie Murphy's operations consultant, Doug multi multifamily consultant, and Kim McLean, multifamily consultant. Lynn Murrow, vice president, and fellow Lifestyles members. People think that they can do this. Fellow Lifestyles members think that they can do this by themselves. They might be able to, but probably not well, without training. The membership fee is worth every penny. wise and Pound Foolish are the people that think they can save money and do this without training. Not only have lifestyles changed our lives, but they have helped us change our lives of our tenants by improving the community they live in. So what should you get from this? The, first of all, the positivity. Second of all, here's people that have already done a duplex and a fourplex that came in, and they were open to understanding that no matter... The fact that they already had some wins in their life, those wins were nowhere near as large as the wins they could have if they would change their approach. Now, there's so many people out there that won't do that. They won't change their approach. And I'm going to tell you a story later on today about my mentor coming in and helping me overcome this same problem to where... You want to do it your way, you want to accomplish it your way, and so you just won't listen to the advice that you're getting. Now, that's one of the problems. Let's talk about the secondary problem. Here's an email that says, you said that 5% of multifamily deals go bad. Uh, No, that's not what I said, actually, but let me clarify. I said that 5% of multifamily deals have challenges along the way somewhere. Uh, It goes on and said 4%. You invite in somebody else who fixes that. So, yeah, you realize it. 95% is a very high number of percentage of people for it to work out the way we thought it would work out or the way the the people putting the deal together thought it would work out. 5% didn't it work out the way they thought it would work out. Now they need somebody to come in and help them turn that problem around. Interestingly enough, though, only 4% of the people will let us come in and help them. There's still that 1% out there that their ego is so wrapped up in this being their idea, their way of doing things, their invention, that they're willing to fail just to claim it all their own. And that's the real challenge. Now what this guy wants to know, which we'll come back after the break and talk about is, how do you know which people these are? That's the most interesting question of all. Take a short break, be right back. Lifestyles Unlimited, Real Estate Investor Radio Show.
1: You should have some real estate in your portfolio. To learn how to attend a Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop, call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com and register for the next available workshop. That's 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. Talk 1370. Talk
0: 1370. Lifestyles Unlimited, real estate investor radio show. Today, we're talking about failures. What kinds of signs are there, and what, what really defines a failure? You know, um, we went to break. We we're talking about the two different emails we had, and one guy was asking, Okay, you know, what are the common denominators in these people that end up in this five percentile? Well, let's talk about the fact that the five percentile, first of all, may simply be someone that's not adapted. To running a business. They've just never had that skill set before. I find it very common that people that have had very specific jobs in life where they did something very specific uh, are not good at running apartment complexes or running houses or whatever because it's really a kind of business where you have to know a little bit about everything uh, and to be really good at it you need to know a lot about everything but to, to just get by In this business, you need to know a little bit about everything, and some of these people have no idea. They've worked in a corporation their entire life. They've never seen financial statements. They don't know how to read financial statements, so they don't know how to track income, expenses, and so forth. They've never hired or fired, so they have no idea how to do that. They have no people skills. They've never been a salesman or a marketing, never been into marketing. They have no idea how to do that. And all they know how to do is to fix things, you know? And like every engineer says, if it's not broken, it needs reinforcement. And so they push and push and push and push on the mechanical side of things, but they don't have any idea how to make that all gel into a business of some type. That's the general type that I see fail, okay? Now those people can overcome that if they find some people to put around themselves. A marketing, they need a marketing person, a manager that's really good at marketing sales. Right? They need a bookkeeper that's really good at bookkeeping and accounting to explain it to them. Maybe they take some classes, accounting 101, and they can overcome those challenges. And there are people that do overcome those challenges and end up being very successful. But you have to realize what those challenges are. But now there's this last person. And this last person, the one out of 100, is the deeply scarred, dark individual the deep down inside they are scarred so deeply that they have no idea how they're going to survive without proving to the world that they can do anything and everything on their own. Their ego is so emaciated that they can't ask for help. Asking for help is failure in itself to them. And so when you run into these people, it's just not gonna you're not gonna be able to save them. So I I think about it this way. In my life, I've done a lot of things incorrectly. And when I've run up to the edge of that abyss and I'm standing there on the edge of that abyss, I look out over it and go, you know what? I realize I'm looking out over the abyss. And I don't want to jump. I don't want that failure in my life. Failure is not an option for me. I'm going to find a bridge across the abyss or a road around the abyss, but I'm not going to jump into the abyss under the belief that failure creates success. Enough failure, failure after failure creates success. No, it doesn't. It creates a broke, unemployed, unhappy, no relationship human being. That's what it creates. That's failure. And I see people all the time. They run up to the abyss and you go, don't jump and they jump. To give you an example. I've told you guys many times that I'm trying to build this train layout. And I figured out that I'd done it all wrong. I went to my mentor. I went and found a mentor to help me do it. After some discussion, I realized I had no idea what I was doing. None. Zippo. So I shut the project down. I go, I'm not jumping into that abyss. I put time and effort and energy to run up against this brick wall to realize there's nowhere to go. I can't go any further this way wrong. I have to step back and go around this wall because it's wrong. And so I got this mentor the best trained layout guy in the country, went to visit him at his shop, had him come down and visit my layout, look at it and tell me what's going on. And he said, you know, just let me build this for you. And I said, well, I really want to build it for myself because I want to have the the pride to know that I did this on my own. So when I show people, I can take pride in it. Plus, I'm retiring I'm old. I've been retired. I'm old. I need something to do as a hobby. I got no other hobbies I want as a hobby. And I wouldn't listen to the guy to understand that I really had no idea what I was doing. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you what happened, what the outcome of that was, and what the outcome of you trying to do something you have no idea how to do will end up being also. We'll be right back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show.
1: What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow? For the next couple of days? For a week? A couple of months? A year?
0: thirteen seventy. Welcome back to the Lifestyle's Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Today we're talking about failures and how you end up being one, and what you need to do to avoid that. And we're talking about right now the story where I had figured out that I had absolutely no idea what I was doing trying to create this uh, train layout. Got myself a mentor. Uh, the mentor sent me over a questionnaire. I couldn't answer any of the questions. I realized at that point I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know what I wanted to do, which was even worse than not knowing how to get there. I had studied how to do all this stuff, never studied about what I was really trying to do, what I was trying to accomplish. And I see that in people all the time financially. They go, I read all these books and done all these courses about real estate this and real estate that, and yet they have no idea what they're talking about, none. They just got a bunch of techniques they picked up somewhere. They have no idea how to become financially free, wealthy, don't have to manage their finances, nothing. They're just starting with a bunch of techniques, and they're out there cobbling along and messing up and doing the wrong things. They're doing things they shouldn't even be doing because somebody told them that that was what you should do. They didn't have the big picture. So when this guy gave me this question, I figured I didn't have the big picture. I said, okay, I'm shutting this all down. I could see the failure. I could see I was sitting at the edge of the abyss, looking over the edge, going, man, I have no idea what I'm doing. One more step, and this is just a waste of time. I'm going to end up being a failure. And and so I backed off, and I said, look, let me hire you as a mentor to help me walk my, myself through this. I really want to do this myself. It was really important to me, just like it is to every one of you. You want to make this success yours, right? And so I really wanted to make it mine. And so he agreed to consult me, so I started Going back to the drawing board and doing the right thing, which was answering his questions, you know, where do you want this to be at? What type of season is it going to be? What different dioramas do you want? What what do you want to have happening in it? Where is it located? Is the train going in a loop? Is it going, you know, from one end to the other and back again? Is it going to do prototypical trains where it's stopping at stations and doing things and loading and unloading cars? All these questions I had never answered in never had the answer because I've never even thought to ask the question. So I started going back. And then I realized that what really this layout was, it was a, a bunch of dioramas. And a diorama is just a picture. Right there, two square feet, four square feet is a picture of something going on. And the train goes from location to location. And you're going through these dioramas, through these pieces of life, so to speak. And I go, wow. So I started looking for the ones I wanted. and I found that I wanted, I'm here in Houston, there's a big Imperial Sugar factory, which is now a museum, and I wanted to model that because it is the premier thing here in Houston as far as um, historical buildings, and it's got rail tracks all around it. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing for a railroad to model. So I had him build me that model. It was unbelievable. And uh, so... I then decided that was going to be one of the major dioramas. Then I came back with the fact that what I wanted to have out there was a giant turntable and a roundhouse. So I bought the turntable, and I bought the roundhouse, had them sent to my house, and I started trying to build the roundhouse. And I go, there's no way I can build this thing. You know, he said his model builders would take three months to build it. It would have taken me three years to build it. I watched a video online somebody else had built it. It took him two years to build it. I go, this is ridiculous. I can't do this. So I called the guy up and said, look, I just want to ship this stuff to you. Have you guys put it together for me and, you know, I'll move on. But at least I now have two major scenes. And the guy goes, man, those are really nice scenes. I like that. He goes, what do you have planned for this land? Because he's been to my house. He's got pictures. He's got measurements. He knows my layout. And I proceed to tell him what I'm going to do. And he goes, you know, Dell, why don't you just let me plan? Why don't you just let me model this thing, build this plan for you? Because you don't even understand what potential that amount of space you're putting into this has, you could have an in most incredible layout in the world. He goes, just let me plan it for you so it's done right, because you're going to come back and redo it and redo it and redo it and redo it, and redo it. And there's never enough time nor money to do it right. But there's always enough time and money to do it again, over and over again. And I thought about it I said, Oh God, I don't know, let me see. And then he said, his wife called me and said, look, we're coming down to see our grandkids. Let us bring this Imperial sugar thing down and we'll pick up that those things you want us to build. I said, oh, that's great, thank you. So they drove down from Dallas, they came in, they put in the Imperial sugar things. And I had wanted to take this gigantic turntable around which is the most incredible looking thing you'll ever see. When you finally get to see this thing, it's gonna blow your mind. And I was gonna stick it back in the back because I wanted it out of the way because it was so big it was gonna take up almost an entire table, right? And he looked at me and he said, "Dell, now." And he pulled out a piece of paper that he had drawn. And he showed me that everything that I had planned was wrong. In five seconds, I could see that he was 100% right, and I was 100% wrong. When we come back to the break, I'm going to explain to you what I saw, what he explained to me, what he taught me, and what I learned from the experience that could help you with the rest of your life. We'll be right back with Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Lifestyle's Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Today we've been talking about failure and about how to avoid failure. As we went to break, I was talking about the fact that uh, I just had this uh, mentor of mine for this train layout come down from Dallas. Brought me in this beautiful model they built of the Imperial Sugar factory and took back with them this gigantic turntable and roundhouse they're going to build for me. And I had, you know, I have a software for CAD-CAM software to to do the layout in and same software that he uses and so he'd asked me you know what what did you design and I had made the decision that I wanted this roundhouse way back in the back in this nice round area that would it would just fit it perfectly uh, blah 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 and I thought it really fits right there and it's, it's gonna look cool back there and he goes no I actually didn't say no he just pulled out a picture that he had drawn. He said, Dell, he showed me my CAD camera where I had it. He showed me his. And he had moved it to the front table right out in front of everywhere. You could walk all the way around it. In the back, you couldn't get to it. People couldn't see the back of the model. You couldn't fix it. If something went wrong, you couldn't get to it to, to fix it. He put it right in the front of the model, right out in front of everything, and said, Dell, this is the most expensive turntable you can buy, the most expensive roundhouse you can buy. This is gonna be the most incredible piece of your model. You want it out front. You're starting with failure of putting it in the back will ruin your entire model. This is your model. This will be the centerpiece that will make this model incredible. And people can get right to it, walk all the way around it, see in every little window, see all the lights, see all the... And he had this whole plan for this table of how incredible it was. And when he told me, I saw it, it came to life in my mind, and I could see right then and there. He thought about this for five minutes, ten minutes, and totally saw the flaws in everything that I had been thinking about for six months. It was Unbelievable. And I knew he's right, 100% I knew he's right, right then and there. And I thought to myself, what am I doing trying to reinvent the wheel? Let this man design my model. Let this man do what he does as an expert. Just like I expect people when they come to me, let us tell you what to do. I was right, everybody right in the back of the book, why did I fail? Because I wouldn't do what Dell told me to do. And I'm sitting here not doing what I not do what this guy told me to do. I'm standing at the abyss looking down, and this guy's going, you're going to fall. You need to change. Turn around and go back the other direction. And, man, when I saw that, I go, you know what? You You just go ahead, design it, put the stuff I want in it in there, figure out the best way to get it in there figure out the best way to lay the track, blah, 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 blah. I just, I gave in to the fact that I have no idea. I don't even know the questions to ask, even though I've been studying this now for three or four years trying to develop this thing. I've built it, I've unbuilt it, I've built it again, I've unbuilt it. How many times do I have to live the lie that there's never enough time and money to do it right, but there's always enough time and money to do it again? How many of you are living that same lie in your life? You did the stock market. You did day trading. You did the 401k. You did the IRA. You've done all of these things that don't work, and you've done them over and over and over again. Or maybe you found out the real estate is the way to go but you wouldn't bother to learn to do it the right way. So you went out and bought a house and it was a disaster and the tenants were a disaster and taxes, tenants, and toilets and trouble and problems. And now you have this house you don't know what to do with or maybe you had a couple. Just folks, stop the insanity. Stop it. Get yourself a mentor that has been there and do what they tell you to do. It's real estate, come to Lifestyles. We're the best there is out there, bar none, not even close. Anybody wants to dispute that, I'll be happy to get on the radio with them and dispute it and prove it. We've won the National Department Association Real Estate Investor of the Year Award, plus state and local awards since 2006 every year. We're blowing people away. Hey, we're the best. Come to us for real estate. But for whatever it is you want in your life to change, when you want your life to be better, find the mentor that is the best. And then follow what they say. Do what they tell you to do. Don't try to reinvent the wheel so that you can call it your wheel. That is not success. When this thing is done and it's incredible, I'm going to give the guy due credit. It ain't going to bother me one bit to say this is mine. <laughs> I'm going to be so proud that it's mine. It has nothing to do with the fact that somebody else helped me design it, helped me build it. And knew all the things I didn't know to get me there. I would rather be a rich, successful person that can look dumb loser that figured out how to lose on his own. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow.